I'm good. All right, dude. We're live. We're live. We're doing the thing, man. We're live. Love it. Noah Garner. What's going on, brother? How are you, man? Another day in paradise living. Just got done writing a really cool song with a really great dude. So, you know. dude, you the man. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you coming over and hanging out, and also another thank you for for having me on at the listening room, dude. That's my yeah, very bro. first time, and it was a, uh, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, dude. Good man. That's I did. What, it was great. That's what it's all about. I try to have a lot of fun over there. You know, like there's that room is so special to me. I think it's special to everybody. I think it's special to this town, really, whether they know it or not. But, like, right. how many people come through the town and they play that room? It's just like, everybody. I yeah. mean, I think at some point that room touches touches everybody. You know, it, it touches yeah. songwriters, artists, producers. I mean, yeah. everybody goes. And then even if you're not in that world, if you live in Nashville long enough, you're going to go to a listening room show. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll experience that room and for what it is well my our neighbors is that me or you i think that's me yeah our neighbors uh actually like balcony like mates like so not this way but that way yeah uh um is this couple uh luke and jordan they go to listening room like every monday or something for the women's suffrage one yeah yeah. and they're all telling me like when i post the listening room they were like we're going we love this place i was like that's so cool it's yeah, it's a cool place, man. And even Lauren and I both have not been there. Um, so that was your first time going at all, ever at all. That's awesome. That's really cool. And it was so cool because I, like, we were both like, man, it was just cool to have a place where people come to hear your music and not, you know, their 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 attention is on you, right? It, well, I always equate it to like playing if you play like whiskey jam. Right, and you play losers and all that down there. People are there. There's a lot of people listening, but there's a lot of people. There's also a lot of people behind you that are just drinking. You know what I mean? There's people yeah. in the other bars, stuff like that. And have, the, you, have you played Whiskey Jam? Once, yeah, that was a couple years yeah, ago. That's yeah, nice. Whiskey Jam was, is fun. Uh, Ward's awesome. That's a staple now, right? Like it's well, a listening yeah. ro- listening room for sure. When I started this musical journey, I always heard. And then slowly you heard about Whiskey Jam. So, like, if you had a band, that's where you want to be. 110%. Whiskey Jam's great. Um, like, oh, playing in the basement is always a big dream. The basement's cool, too. The basement's awesome. You got Third and Lindsley, too, which is another. Like, that's. Yep. I feel like that one's a part of Nashville's history. And it's, like, actually becoming a historical place. Third and Lindsley? Yeah, Third and Lindsley. It's awesome. Like, Vince Gill used to play over there a yeah. lot. Yeah, well, like shows and Exactly. That, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, man. So yeah. like uh that like that listening room show too, the thing I love about it, like you said, it's it's people go to listen, but it's also like the way it's run. Like the staff, like if they're up front taking orders and stuff, like they're they always like take a knee and stuff like that. It's like yeah. the li- the little <laughs> things that take it from like, oh, this is like hanging out, you know, dinner in a show kind of deal to oh, we're here specifically for Hearing these songs, hearing the stories behind yeah. it, meeting the people, understanding like where it comes from. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. It's cool, man. Is it was just a great, great time all around. I'm glad you had a good time. Man. Yeah. So, Noah Garner, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me how your story, like where you started, 
how you got into music and kind of how life brought you to Nashville. Yeah. You know, what kind of groups you've been in or what kind of, uh, where you've been in the out, ins and outs and just tell me from the beginning. Sure. Uh, God. So I guess it all kind of starts with really my grandma and my grandpa and my mom, I would say. So my great grandfather played for Hank Williams Sr., mm. which was awesome. And so my grandfather played in bands in high school, played bass and uh, collected guitars and stuff like that all of his life. And my grandmother sang all the time. She was the kind of woman, like, she went out and bought, like, a karaoke machine, like, because she wanted to, you know what I mean, like, sing yep. at her house and do stuff like that. And and then my mom sang all the time. She just, it like, is that person, just sang constantly. And so uh, I guess it all kind of started there. And then I went to... Like, I don't know, I guess I just went to pick up a guitar one day. I was about seven, and my grandpa had this big trunk of guitars, and I waddled over to one and picked it up and, like, started picking around on it. And he goes, do you want to learn how to play? And I'm like, yeah. So he taught me House of the Riding Sun. Oh. And it just kind of, like, that's yeah right? It just kind of went from there. Um, we didn't really, like, and then it, music was just always kind of something I did. It wasn't, like, a part of my life, really, until I think about 16, 17, I started doing uh, moved out to Panama City, Florida, and started doing shows out there. And it was just like, I started doing little dive shows where like, you know, like a food truck, hey, can I come play for y'all, like yeah. outside for y'all? And they're like, yeah, but we can't pay you. And I'm like, cool, I just want food. Like, can you give me like some food? And I'll, yeah. I'll be good with that. And Let me ask you, so you moved from where to Panama City? I moved from Tampa. Tampa, okay, yeah. yeah. So to Panama City, and then Panama City to here. What uh, made you moved to Tampa like why Tampa or, or why from Tampa like why, yeah, why, why Panama City? from Tampa so my dad passed away when I when I was about nine and that was the probably the biggest catalyst you know my mom remarried the guy lived up in Panama City he was oh, in yeah. the Air Force had a base up there so you know it wasn't really it was if that you want li- life yeah. to continue you know what I mean yeah, you yeah. don't want to get stuck in that um, mode of you know being in in mourning and grief all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of like just getting out and, and going off to something better and, you know, that life continues. Yeah. What what kind of – did your dad, like, give you a taste in music? Like, uh, it, what he liked, did it transfer over to what you liked? And- Definitely. So, like, I, I try to explain to people what it was like growing up the way I did because my mom and my grandparents, like, that's a very old-school southern – like debutante almost, like, you know, think on with the wind almost, yeah. like, you know. Uh, so it's a lot of Merle Haggard, George Jones, Alan Jackson, okay, you yeah. know, Garth and all that. That came from, you know, them. And then my dad was what I like to call the ghetto trailer park king. Like he just, <laughs> like, he listened to everything from DMX to Aerosmith to, you know, Sammy yeah, Kershaw yeah. and everything in between. And he wore high top sneakers and like the big chain, but could go from that to, you know, blue jeans, boots, riding a horse instantly. And, and so he, I think he had a big influence on the fact that like, I listened to a lot of of everything, every little bit. I'm not big into like EDM and techno kind of stuff. And I'm not big into like super heavy scream stuff, but like I listened to it all. I think that had a lot to do with it. I can see that, man. It's good to have an overall, like, broad taste in music. Yeah, man. I think if you draw 
I think that's what makes a great artist, right? Like you, you pick and choose what you like about everybody yeah. and like what makes you happy and you go, Oh, I want to make other people feel the way I feel about, you know, when yeah. I listen to their stuff Yeah, and you wind up kind of adding it all together. Yeah. Over time. And so you've been playing guitar since you were like seven ish. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then your dad passes away. Mm-hmm. And what was it like before you moved to Tampa? Or Panama City. Yeah. Like during that time of yeah. where I'm assuming it was your mom and yeah. you got yeah. It just me. Um just me and her. I mean it was it was different, man. Like my so my dad was kinda like the glue that like held the our crazy family together. You yeah. know. So um everybody on his on his side of his family didn't like me and my mom very much and my mom's parents didn't like him very much for whatever reason. Really? Like, it's just, yeah. It's just how people are, man. Like there wasn't any problem. They just, you know, for whatever reason, just had their issues with, with each other. And how was your mom raised? I mean, we'll explain that. Yeah. How was your dad raised versus versus that? Well, like what's weird is my, my grandpa and, uh, on both sides, they're both really close. So like my dad's dad and my mom's dad were best friends growing up. Right, like best buddies, yeah. and still are to this day. But there was something about the that was me that time. Oh, uh, okay. But that was um, there was something about that line of I don't want your son with my daughter kind of deal both ways from both sides. Does that make sense? No, no. no. Where it's that, like I get that. it's almost yeah. like it's not that it, the whole oh they're not good enough for my daughter or whatever, but it's the whole like. I just don't want them together kind of deal. It's a, you know, small town thing, you know, and, uh, they had their issues too. So I think each side kind of, you know, you feel when, when, you know, your kid has issues, you feel your child's side more than the other side. Yeah. And, uh, so when it all came down, it, it really like, it was really odd for us because it gave like a chance to kind of be like, uh, you know, it's just me and my mom. What are we going to do? And my mom is probably the reason why I do 90% of what I do in the way that I do it because she was so determined to give me the best shot possible. She was like, I just want to give you an opportunity to be whatever you want to be. That's awesome. And do whatever I have to do to make that happen. You know what I mean? So, And she knew that if we stuck around our hometown, that I probably wouldn't get out of it. You know what I mean? Like I probably I'd be working at a you know auto body shop somewhere slinging tires yeah. or something like, and I think she knew that, so she she made a conscious decision to be like, okay, my husband died. I need to move on for the sake of my child, and I need to teach him how to grieve and move on, and that's great. And then I, oh hey, I met this guy, and he, he seems really great. So all right, cool, let's start this next chapter. That's tough it's, all the way around, man. Yeah, man, it's. <clears throat> I'll take it though. Like I, I always say, like, like for example, like me and you wouldn't have met. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't even be having this conversation had that not happened. Yeah. Had that path not been chosen, and uh, you know, you you, it's been forever. I mean, I'm 25 now, so it's, it's you know, I'm talking about 16 years. Yeah. That's a long time, and you kind of it's not that you get over it, but you, you get to a place of. 
peace with it or like com- like you cope, you know how to do it. Like there's days where I get up and I like it just hits. Yeah. But I know what to do. Like I put his songs on or stuff like that. And anymore, I find the best thing for me is I just talk about him as if he's still around all the time. And that's just my way of doing it. You know. Did you ever go through therapy or anything? Oh yeah, man. I'm I'm yeah. big on therapy. So like I go to therapy once a week. Yeah. Just for the sake of going. Like I, and it started with I I was I refused therapy for a long time. I just didn't want to do it. I was angry. You know at the world, at, at everything, and just was like, okay. And then finally got to a point where I, I noticed that I needed help, period. It wasn't just my, you know, my dad dying. It was I just needed emotional, mental. Some kind of outlet. Sti- exactly, yeah. stability, something. What was it that made you notice? Um, the second time I lost everything. I had lost, like, some friends that I've, I had for 15 years and stuff like that, like, lifelong friends I wasn't talking to anymore I was I wasn't going out I gained a ton of weight like I was just I felt bad looked bad and got to the point of like man I'm now I have nothing I literally I've lost it all again now what now what do I do because now I'm an adult what do I do now you know and so then it was like okay we, let's make a decision like my mom did you know like let's let's be better this time for myself and, and really get on top of things. So your mom kind of, you saw your mom as uh, what she did, and you're like, all right, if she can do it, and she did it for me, for right. us, like, I owe it to her. Or I owe like, it to her, I owe it to myself, I, to, owe, it, yeah. I owe it to the, like, I, I say I love my dad, he, he wouldn't be proud of me right now if he saw what I was doing and, and stuff like that. If I'm that low, right, and I've lost everything, down to the bones of, like, what do you really have when you've lost it all? Mom, dad. Yeah. The, the love of your family. The, the people you, yeah. that you people have. People you want to surround you. Exactly. Yeah. And if you don't have them anymore, then what? Man. Yeah. Was it, what What was it really? Like, did you uh, start to go, like, I don't want to make this sound no, bad, you're... but, like, do you start to go, like, you felt bad for yourself, or? No, it's, it was, it's actually more... You don't, like, I recognize that I didn't feel bad anymore. Like, in the sense of, like, I had, I had gone completely, I I was numb. Like, I had no, I wasn't even sad anymore. I was just here. Does that make sense? Like, I literally was just waking up every day doing the same thing that I did the day before. And I, and I had no friends. I had no nothing. And it wasn't that I felt bad. It was looking at my life going, dude, you're so blank. That what, like, what are we doing at this point? And a big wake-up call for me was, um, like, I was lashing out a lot at, like, the people that I, I was close with. And, and so I had this one night where I got gotten real tore up drunk, and I got in this fight downtown. And it was the first time. I was, you know, I had friends that were cops and stuff, and I got in this fight, and they pulled me off, and I was all beat to shit. And they looked at me and were like, dude, this isn't you. Like, what, like. What is going on? Because yeah. now, like, you're so not this guy, or so they thought. They had no idea what I was going through. And it's like, what has gotten you to a point where you're doing something like this? And you go, well, I don't know. And then you go, okay. And then, like, I called my mom, and I was like, I think, like, I just need help. I don't know what I need help with. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. And she was yeah. like, well, I'm going to therapy, and I've been going to therapy for years, and da 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 And it's like, 
and I'd fought therapy for so long because you tell yourself that you're okay, right? It's it's got its own stigma. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that it does, but it's definitely, yeah. When you get past that, it, it helps a lot of people. Yeah, and that's kind of like now that I've been through it and, I'm, and I've come to an understanding on the other side of it, it's like I tell everybody, like, you should go. <laughs> like, I think even if, like, you're completely normal and don't have anything going on, go once a month and just yeah. have it there because it just it, it helps so much. And there, there are times where that's what I'll do if I feel like I'm doing really well and I'm in a good headspace. I won't, I won't go once a week. I'll go once every two weeks, yeah. once a month, depending on how well I'm doing. And then if I notice like, oh, hey, mentally checking in, uh, I'm not doing so well. Maybe I'll schedule, you know, a little more often. And however much it takes to get to a better place is, is what it's for. Do you, uh, how, how do you go through it? Do you use an app? Like there's that, I can't, I can't remember what it is. There's an app now that you can talk to therapists through it. Um, I didn't know that. There's some other things, yeah. No, so like I, I just Google stuff. I, yeah. I, if I don't know anything, I just research. So I, I just Googled like, you know, therapists in, in the my area up in Hendersonville, and I was like, how many are there? And then I got a list, and I called every single one of them, and like set up a couple of appointments with people yeah. that like I felt a connection with, and was like, and I've tried a few out because what I learned too is like therapy is not like a, a one and done type of thing. You know what I mean? It's very much personal. It's very much about you. And, and so you want to be in the room with somebody that you, you know, feel comfortable with. Yeah. Kind of dealing. Ooh, sorry about that. But, um, you know, and that takes a trial process. It's like dating almost, you know, like you go in and, For sure. and you're yeah. like, you know, what do I, how do I get into this with you? What do we say? What do we do? That kind yeah. of thing. I think it's ultimately, you know, probably a, a, a solid space for people that have never had or needed to communicate certain things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to, f- to figure out how to communicate them. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the vulnerability part. And if you were never taught, like, I was never really taught to be vulnerable, but if you never learned like how or that you need to be you need to have this like you need to work on being vulnerable throughout your life yeah definitely. you know definitely. not just not just in a relationship but like right. with yourself right and being okay to like ask yourself questions like and go through these like am i okay am i getting too fat like be be honest be like how do i feel about me yes and, and, oh yeah, and where yeah. Do I exactly stand? yeah it's a therapy is a cool thing man yeah, it's man. it yeah especially especially that have you have you had a hard time communicating? Um, it, it's weird. Yes and no, right? Because like I wrote songs. Yeah. Like I like I can, and that was. It's probably why I do music. It's probably the only reason why I do music is because music saved my life. Like it saved everything about me. It was my one outlet that I always had I that kept that. me yeah. moving. So it's like I was good at like I wrote. You know what is heaven like? I wrote that when I was nineteen. You know, yeah. and that was 10 years after he died. And I had no problem being that vulnerable and that open and that honest on a piece of paper and singing it to strangers and stuff like that. But I did have a really hard time talking to my mom or my friends or, you know, I was always the the clown, the funny guy, because I didn't want anybody to understand what, what I was th- going through. What do you think that is that, um, uh, that you can 
be a little more. It's harder to talk to the people that are close to you about these things. Be, and I think you answer the question in itself. It's because they're close to you, right? Like, it's not that you're faking it with the rest of the world, so much as you don't value the opinion of the world the way you you value the opinion of somebody that's close to you. So, like, yeah. for example, like my mom, right? Like, I think that that's the most amazing person on the planet. So I want to be amazing like her. Yeah. And if I fall short of that, I don't want her to, to know. And I don't want her to look at me. And I don't want her to, to hear that I'm not great. And But in reality, she struggles too. And she has the same thing. But yeah. you forget. Your brain lies to you. you oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It just does. Yeah. Like, oh, man, you know, she's going to think something. And it's yeah. like, that's my damn mom. Like, it, And that's just yeah. the way it goes. But I think that because I've asked that question a lot in the sense of, you know, I lost friends and stuff because of that. And what, all I really wanted was people to be there for me at the time. Yeah. But I wouldn't even let somebody be there for me, which is kind of in that vein of that question. Like, Did you ever feel like, like let's say somebody wants to be there for you mm-hmm. and you get in your headspace and you're like, no, you don't need to be there for me because I, I don't have it that bad, okay? Or like, like there's somebody else having it worse. So 100%. I, I, okay. I always said, I, and I was the, that was one of my biggest arguments was like, like I'm not okay, but my life isn't bad. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I'm really terrible to myself in here, but I've got a house. I eat what I want. I got a great job. Yeah. I drive, you know, the truck I want. So statistically speaking, <laughs> My life isn't that bad, but we, I am internally. Yeah, we were just talking about this, um, about Lauren's niece Mac. Like, um, she she. Long story short, she feels she's done gymnastics for so long. Yeah, and g- gymnasts like, if you do it enough, there's less and less people at the top that like if you're yeah. long enough if you stay in till you're about 18 you're probably gonna get a scholarship oh yeah and you're probably gonna do all this because the, the pool is just so small to pick from right that but she's starting to feel i think that she's starting to feel burnt out and sure and uh she's been doing for so long she's getting into junior high or middle school whatever you guys want to call them yeah and she she's she asked her parents like Hey, can I quit? Like, I want to. Yeah, I don't want to do this I, I w- anymore. I want to do this anymore. It's not fun anymore. And I think, you know, I was. There's a lot of. This is not a simple <laughs> conversation. There's a no, lot that yeah. goes into it, right? Because kids, kids also want the new shiny thing sometimes right. too, and they don't want to do this because it's not blah blah blah, and right. they want to be cool. And you're like, but I where I started to think really about it is like, all right, if I'm a kid. This is something that I feel like I want to do. I really need to do. It's like, right. man, can I can I risk as a parent not letting her, like, not just being like, no, you commit it. We're doing this, okay? Yeah. Or can like, because that's not super healthy. Like, I think the best thing for them is to have a conversation. Be like, look, here is why we don't want you to quit. Right. Here are. Here, if you want the to, benefits and the and the cons. Yeah, it's like, hey, if you want to, you're gonna have to do this. Like, I, I, but I think a lot of people they just either they're afraid to have those conversations with with the kids, and then as a kid, you're smarter. 
you internalize and your brain thinks more than you can communicate. A hundred times. So like in her mind, if it goes either way, like let's say they're like, no, you can't. Right. Well, and it, without if there's no explanation, like real understanding, the kid, what if that kid is like, oh, well, I guess I'm just not going to be heard anymore. So right. Exactly. Whatever happens, well, I'll just go it, with it. It's funny that you say that because that, uh, that's a big part of what my therapy was, was recognizing the fact of like, Dude, you want to know why you're so hard on yourself every day? Your dad was hard on you, straight up. Like, you know, yeah. and because, you know, I've talked about it, and it's the, that exact thing. Like, I was told my entire life uh, by the by the men that I held in esteem, my dad, grandparents, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, I was told, you know, you do something, you do it 100% or you don't do it at all, right? And yeah. stuff like... We don't cry in this family was a big slogan in, in my house, you know, and which meant like my dad was a very, you know, put your nose down to the grindstone and do it yep. guy. And he worked three jobs trying to support everything and just was that guy and stuff like that happened and recognizing that's part of the reason why I don't want to talk to people, you know, because I'm not I don't want to be looked at as if I'm not doing my job or I'm not working hard or I'm not. You see what I'm saying? Dude, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. That's a tough one. It, yeah, man. It, it definitely is. But it's, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad thing if you get to to the other side of it at some point. No. I mean, there's such a fun parenting, man. Mm-hmm. It's fucking. Mm. It's impossible. But it's it's one of those things where, like, if somehow you make it to where your kids can talk to you openly, talk about the world yeah. openly, and be happy. Oh. You know, being happiness is great. Like pure happiness is great. Fake happiness is like different. Right. But dude, yeah, if you can get your kids to do that, fuck. But it's so tough because you know, as an adult, the shitty parts of life. Yeah. So you oh, hundred percent. You we stop we stop worrying about making them happy, and we, right. we want them to realize. We want them to know our pain of what right. we went through. Well, and you know, and not only that, you're trying to protect them. Protect them, yeah. That, yeah, I, I, like, you know what I mean. What and, it's, and, yeah. and I'll be very honest. That's part of the reason why I was losing friends at the time. When like when I, when things were really bad was because yeah. I was trying to parent my friends, like, which was really weird. Oh yeah. Does that make sense? Like I felt I knew how bad I was, right? So I would go out with my friends, and somebody would get drunk in front of me, and I'd be like, "Hey, make sure you don't drive home," or like you know, make sure you don't call your ex or whatever. And I yeah. and like I would say that right, and then oh, they would look at yeah. me and be like. Well, why are you telling me that? And it's like, well, cause yeah. I'm messing up. Like yeah. I mess up and I do stupid stuff and I, I don't want you to do that. And then they're like, but yeah, dude, you're dude. judging me instead of being, you know, my friend and accepting me for myself and being loved and being heard and stuff like that. And then they, you know, they quit calling. I don't want to hang out with you very much anymore. Yep. You know, no. And, it was, and it's, a, and it's a projection as well from myself of going, I wish somebody was telling me what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like you said, you want, to be you want your pain to be felt and understood yeah it's something about going through those consequences yeah you know, of, oh of yeah yourself and then man realizing that it was you yeah that's an insane thing it's life is crazy man <laughs> right Dude, i literally uh i'll tell you a story that goes along with that um i had an ex-girlfriend that i called probably last year when I finally, cause I've finally gotten to a point of like, I felt really healthy and really nice. And 
like in a good place. And uh, I reached out and I, and I called her and I said, hey, I, I want you to know I, I finally now understand why you left. And for a long time, I wanted you to hurt as bad as I do and or did. And I realized now that I didn't want that. I, I just wanted you the whole time. And now that I'm in a better space, it's not that I want you. That's not why I'm calling. But I wanted to apologize for the, the damage that I know I did. Dude, that's a fucking song. Right there, yeah, right? That oh, my God. legit awesome song. I wrote it. It's called Before Her. Damn, that's it's called, awesome. It's called Before Her. And, and the reason I called it Before Her was I, I. it's a love letter. At the time, I was dating a girl that I, I really saw a future with. And uh, when I wrote the song, and, and I, I took the concept of I want to write a love letter to everybody before her and just say oh, yeah. and just say I'm sorry. That's just yo, say dude, like yes. the per, like the man I am now today with her is yeah. who I always wanted to be and I'm sorry that you didn't get that and that oh, you got the dude. worst shitty version of me possible. So I'm sorry. That's a jamming song, dude. Dude, it, it, the the tagline is is a uh, I'm sorry for who I was before her. You know what I mean? Like yep. like the the course is like, you know, Man, before her, I was running gun. Uh, crazy man. Uh, uh. Before her, I was running gun. Da, da, da. I can't remember the damn line now. That's funny, but it's like uh, running gun, tough as nails. A man out on the run, letting that whiskey burn. Before her, I was tough as nails, bound for hell or bound for jail until I found my ray of sun. That's yeah, a really you know, cool like, concept. Yeah, and dude. literally, the, the tag is to all the hearts I hurt, to all the wrong turns, I'm just sorry for who I was before her. You know? That's awesome. And that's, that's a good one. And it came from that conversation. It came from being like, dog, I'm just, I know I was a piece of shit to you. I didn't mean to be. Like, I just didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to say what I needed to say. Dude, I, communication's huge. And it's so unfortunate that, you know, for whatever reason, um, People usually get there. They either get there to that point where, you know, your headspace or, you know, you need to, you're, you have to realize like, oh shit, I'm the problem. Right. Like coming to terms with like, that's the hardest thing and is admitting to yourself that, all right, I might be the problem. Right. And I think what's funny is people will very often either run from it to the point that they're not the common denominator anymore. Dude, they, yes, yes. You see what I'm saying? Like they either run uh, from it and it, and it messes them up forever or they finally get to a point of going oh shit it's me it's me god dude well i mean we do it all the time as people we just we think that we can put something off whether it's a problem or where whether it's something we have to do and we're like all right i can put it off for a little bit but it just it comes back it comes back like i can just i'll just forget it it's like no that shit will come back and you gotta address it it's it's those things that we address that make us better. Right. Otherwise, you're just afraid, man. The anxiety and the fear that you're constantly in is insane to me. And I feel like a lot of people live in that space. Dude. Yeah. Right. I, I, I have, a, well, I'll talk about it off the air. Yeah. But, man, it's so true, man. It's tough. It's very tough to not. It's a hard thing to come to the realization that um, you might not not have been doing things right. I wrote the the thing about it for me was I actually wrote a song to my dad, and that's just what I do. Probably have my worst times, but like I I just wrote a song and it's called "We Got to Talk," 
and, and it's that it's it's, cool it, it, it's literally me talking to my dad going listen man we just have we have to have a conversation because i like the course is like i cuss in front of mama i probably drink more than i ought and i told this girl i loved her knowing damn well i didn't like i did everything you told me not to do and everything i knew not to do and i did it anyway and i we just we have to talk i've got to get on a straight and narrow and I just have to tell you that I, I realize now that I'm not as cool and as badass as I really wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> Man, all these ideas. So I these, feel like I'm bumming you out. I'm no, sorry, dude, bro. You are not. This is not a, a bumming out or whatever. It's getting yeah. to know who Noah is and like where Noah comes from. And For sure. That's a, it's a tough thing, dude. It's, life is tough and it's nice. It's nice that you can be honest with yourself and that you've gotten to a point where you can do that. Yeah. Not a lot of people, even successful people still can't be sometimes. Right. And I think for me, what it comes down to is the fact of like, if I can't be, if I'm not being honest with myself, that means I'm not being honest to you either. And, and that my biggest yep. thing is I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to be lied to being lied to to me is the worst thing you can do to me. I don't need to know the whole truth all the time. You can leave a detail out for the sake of like me being happy, that's fine. But if you straight up and down lie to me, man, I, I, you know, I feel so hurt by that as a person and I don't want you yeah. to feel that. Right. So it's like, if I'm going to be honest with you, yep. then I've got to be honest with myself first. Yeah. You know? And I think as a songwriter too, it, it's so important to come off genuine. And I feel like that's probably, you know, if you talk to somebody about why they don't like a song or why they don't feel good about a song or whatever, it's nine times they feel it. Yeah, they feel the disingenuous. Yeah. Like they feel like that. Well, that's not that person. That person isn't being real. Yep, dude. I mean, how many fake cowboys you know in this industry, dude? Dude, I'm I'm about as, I'm about as redneck as I come, but I'll wear a cowboy hat and these high tops and walk around. Like yep. you know what I mean? Like it, you get those guys that, and it's it's not just fake cow. It's Fake anything. Fake, fake everything. A- anything. Fake everything. Yeah. Like I mean, how many knockoff Morgan Wallens have you seen in the past year? It's it's the LA. It, yeah, exactly. LA punk came out. Exactly, yeah. dude. It's like I don't understand it, and I never understood it. Like I understand present like presentation and presenting a certain thing, like our product or being a certain way or whatever. I understand yeah. all that, but if you're not doing those things in the way you would do them as a person, do you see what I'm saying? Like, like. Man, okay, I'm on TikTok now, and I do TikTok trends, but I don't do TikTok trends like everybody else. I do them. How does Noah Garner do them? Yeah, and, exactly. You know, right. and I won't do ones that aren't me or whatever. But yeah. I know that I have to be on TikTok for my job. I have to. It's like for the sake of my career, yeah. I've got to be. Dude, I, you're you're right. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny because it does. It wears it wears out on them because he can't hold that up for that long. Because eventually, you're gonna be questioning like. Who am I? Right. Well, and you know what's funny? You know what's funny, bro? You ever notice how every single artist that, like, does an interview that gets really touching and stuff, it's always, they always go, nobody's there for me. Da-da-da-da-da. Like, you know, or or it always comes back to they're by themselves and they feel like they aren't them anymore. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, why don't you feel that way? Great fucking point, man. That's a great fucking point. Yes. It's like, why? And I ask, why why don't you feel that way? It's like, it makes sense. Well, because if you look at it like Doja Cat, when she did that whole Twitter thing, when she was like, oh, I'm quitting music because I'm nothing but a joke and all that. I look at that and I go, that's such a sad person. 
And I go, that sucks that she feels that way because she has fans that love her and all that. But I bet if you came in when your first single was Bitch, I'm a Cow, and like it's a meme and stuff like that, and you take that meme and you try to convince yourself that that's who you are instead of who you know yourself to be, Yeah, I bet it will make you want to quit. I bet if it gets too much that it makes you want to just throw in the towel. Yeah. I don't know because I'm not there, but it's like I, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, dude. The biggest part is being is understanding who you are, or just understanding that you can talk to yourself. Right. Oh my god, man, it's uh, Matthew McConaughey has a great um, book called Green Lights. Highly recommend it. Really? Yes. Uh, he's he's saying you know take stock of the green lights, you know, basically of like, you know, when you get the green lights, you take stock of them. It's a good thing, that kind of thing. And then in an interview one time, he also talks about his mental health and he talks about how he sat down and said, all right, McConaughey, let's do that. And I remember hearing that and going, he's talking, you talk to yourself, being able to check in with yourself and and just be like, uh, man, you know, what are we doing here? What's going on with me? Why am I here? What am I doing? Why do I feel this way? Yeah. Just a check-in with yourself is such a big deal. It is, dude. It is. I, uh, man, it's sad because, no, I think in any industry, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, the entertainment industry and stuff and how, I mean, it's what we can relate to. But think about, we actually have the, we have the, uh, I'll say the job potential to find out who we are. Like our right. job, like what we do as songwriters and, and performers can lead us to who we are. And because we can, we maybe somebody will make us ask that question. But how many people are out there that never, do. never ask yeah. themselves that question? I, I think about that a lot because I go, that's what makes a, our job so great is because for a second we kind of remind them or give them an outlet. Or something like how many guys do you know sling tires for a living but how they tell their wife they love her is they go home and they put on a George Strait song yeah you know and, and he looks at her and goes honey I cross my heart you know I promise you and like little moments like that and I think that's why the entertainment industry has always looked at the way it is is because it's that important to people like yeah for the people that either can't be in it you know want whatever else one more out of life. It gives them a chance to express themselves in a way that they don't usually get. Yeah. It's wild to be a part of, though, because it's... You have to be so vulnerable and ready for it. And I feel like that's what happens a lot. Like, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I moved to Nashville and I moved away. And people think, oh, they didn't get rich and famous fast. And they think that that's why they moved back home. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they didn't get success or whatever. And it's like, no, they probably moved home because they got really really damn sad like they probably got so wrecked by what they heard about their song that they moved away or they probably got rejected enough times that they're like i don't want to be rejected anymore i'd rather go be happy slinging tires and be happy and not rejected than feel that again and stuff like that that's true i see that you know and that me and you are on very opposite sides of of a nashville coin for sure i mean i've been here for eight years it's a yeah. long time. I've seen a lot of people oh, yeah. come in and come out. And then at the same time, I've also seen people come in and go far beyond where even I'm at. And it's like, I understand both ends of it. 
it's life, man. It's crazy. And it happens as it should. You know, if you, I think if you truly believe in, like, whatever, if you're religious or if you're right. spiritual and you're like, something, whether you believe it's your subconscious mind, and it's sure. like, you know, have you ever read As Man Thinketh? I don't think so. All right, so it's this idea of, and I'm, it's said more than, you know, people say it more than just how I'm going to explain it now. But it was like an eight, this guy wrote it back in like 1813 or something like that. Um, and he would just, t- he would basically meditate every day or at a certain time and like try and understand what it is about life. Like how can I bring good, good energy and good vibrations in? And um, he basically had this idea because this is before like real psychology came out. He was like, the more I think about good things, and the more I, I speak good things into my life, the more it plants a seed yeah. and the seed goes into action. Absolutely. You know, the, the, these vibrations of like accepting and thinking all these good things subconsciously, you do it enough, it's going to, you're going to start to navigate your life into these areas where this thing will happen to you. And I think, I, I can't remember where I was going to go with that. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it's just, it's good to think it's, I think I was going to ask, do you uh, meditate or anything else? Oh, dude, all the time. So, like, yeah, oh, yeah. So, I, how do I put it? I very much believe that you dictate. There are things that you can dictate and change and, and control, and there's things you can't, straight up. For sure. So, like, you, like, for me, I can get up to, on a day like today. And I have the potential in my own head to go, man, what a beautiful day. Yeah. Weather's great. Man, I, I had a good cup of coffee. I only drank half of it. That's all right. Uh, you know, and keeping in that headspace, I have a potential to do that. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I could do that if I didn't take an hour in the morning to just be with myself. Does that make sense? Like what's, I, your, what's your process in the morning? So I get up and I, that first hour is all about me. What whatever the first thought I have, if I get up and it's like, man, I want to run. Go for a run. If it's hey, I want to do yoga, hey, I want to stretch, whatever. Like do it's that first hour of my day is specifically about me. I won't check a text message. I won't like I'll t- I'll turn on my phone if I want to watch TikTok and stuff, but it's like I won't even engage with anybody else until I've got myself together. Because I don't want to engage in a way that isn't what I want that day. Does that make sense? Dude, that's great. And in that first hour, I can determine, oh, I'm not there today mentally. I'm just not mentally and emotionally there. So then I can go to the people that I'm interacting with that day and go, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to be a little off today. And I can still get what I need done done and be authentic and honest with myself and not feel the pressure of having to be fake for people. But I still get my everything done, right? And then... Um, so I take that hour and then, uh, in the morning, it's always, I try to, once that hour is done, then I try to gear up properly for the day and that's it. Like once I determine where am I mentally, then it's okay. How are we going to take that mental state and take on this day that we have in front of us? Yeah. Set your intention. Set the, exactly. I got it. Yeah. Yep. Set the intention. It's important, man. Well, cause man, I, well, it's trial and error, man. You know, like, you, yeah. cause I, when I wasn't doing that, it's like, 
or uh, I should say if I noticed that on the days that I wasn't taking the time to get to understand where I was on a day like today to the same situation. Oh, I got a great ride. I've, you know, the weather's great, all that, but I'm not there. Yeah. And I don't know it yet. Yeah. Man, I only drink half my coffee because man, that's, it's not all that good. It's not hitting. Yeah. Man, you know, traffic's terrible. Oh, that's annoying. Yep. Instead of going like today, I was like, oh, there's traffic. Man, I'm, Shoot, I'm running good on time. I mean, that's all right. I'll just turn on a different song. Do you have a gratitude journal or anything? I I don't journal so much as I I talk. Um, like I, I do like little voicemail notes. Like I don't write. I just take like a stock of that's my. Cool. I, I do. Yeah. I I call it up downs. So what are what are the ups of the day? What are the downs? And why and why were those ups and why were those downs? What, did it come back to me? Did it come back to my mental health? Was it something outside of my control? So you journal, take these memos after. Yeah, after like the, day. the, the it's, day. It's at the end of the day. I get that. And I just look at it and I go, so, and I do it, like, when I go out with my band, like, I'll ask them at the end of the tour, hey, ups and downs, let's do them. Yeah. And they'll go, all right, cool, ups, uh, great food, hey, you know, this did great, no delays on flights, da 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 downs, eh, sound check could have gone better, you know, my ears weren't good, uh, I'm sorry I missed that riff on that song, like, that kind of thing, and yeah. then you take stock of all those and go, cool. And then once you have those up downs, you can then either choose what to do with them. But normally you, you'll feel yourself going, man, that's a that's overall. It'll tell you, you know, oh, I had a good day. Oh, I had a bad day. And then yep. you can determine was that bad day because of me or literally was it outside of my control? And keeping track of that on a day when you wake up and you're not mentally there, you can look back and go, oh, I know why. I've had yeah. three days worth of stuff that just didn't hit right. You know what I mean? That was outside of my control, and so I'm a little bummed out right now. And that's okay. So how are we going to turn it around? And then you can yeah. add goods and ups into your day and stuff like that. Dude, that's a great <clears throat> that's a great exercise. Thank you, man. I like that. Yeah. It keeps it keeps my head on, you know? Yeah. It's super important, man. It's a... Yeah. So how long, how old were you when you moved from Tampa into Nashville? Uh, so I moved from <laughs> Panama City. So I'm Panama from, City, yeah, no, I'm you're sorry. fine. You're fine. It was Tampa, Panama, Nashville. So I went from nine Tampa to Panama City, and then right after I turned eighteen, I moved like, to Nashville. Yep, like almost immediately yeah. after, like two months later. When did you figure out that you wanted to move? I always said I was going to live in Tennessee, and I thought I was going to live in Gatlinburg for a long time. Have you? Did you visit before? Oh, yeah. Okay. All the time. Not Nashville specifically. I, I went to Gatlinburg a bunch, and then I took one trip to Nashville when I was 17, and that was the one that I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live here. I'm never going to come like anywhere close to as good as I feel here. What was it about it? Just that you, you, were, you, saw the, you felt the energy, and you're like, this is it. Literally, for me, it was always, once I passed the Tennessee line, I felt like home. So anywhere in Tennessee is going to, for me as a person, no matter what I'm doing, Career-wise, yeah. I'm going to be in Tennessee. I just love it out here. I just do. I love that. But because I was doing music, the second I like looked at Nashville and understood how much really gets done here, like as far as music. Part of the business. Part of the yeah. business, all that from, I mean, it touches not just country music. It touches everything. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. The fact that I can throw a rock and hit somebody that does something, insane. Yeah. The yeah. fact that Johnny Cash used to stand there, insane. The fact yeah. that I can walk into where Elvis recorded his studio, like all of his stuff, insane. 
like I just I took stock of all the stuff that I love and it was all here all of it and then Graceland's right down the road <laughs> you know what I mean the place funny, I always man. thought I lived as a kid is four hours that way that's funny man that's dude I remember yeah. it like it was yesterday I was 17 and me and my, me and my mom my grandparents on her side were coming back from Kansas City on a on a trip and we stopped here just as like a like a one-off trip and I got out of the car and my mom looked at me and she started tearing up and she and I said what and she goes you're never coming back are you or you're, you're never leaving are you and I'm like what are you talking about she's like you're gonna you're gonna stay here forever aren't you and I was like yeah I think so I really do and I never forgot that wow that's awesome <laughs> yeah brother like it's it's a wild ride I've been on, man. What do you think has, um, obviously, when you start writing as as a kid or, or just in yeah. anybody, don't even have to start writing as a kid, but just when you start writing, you're obviously, like, terrible. Yeah. You know, you're pretty bad. Like, you might, oh, have yeah. a, you might have a line or two of a melody or two that's cool, but, like, overall, you still are figuring out how to do this craft. Well, and, and, not, and you're figuring out your voice, too, right? Yeah. Like, how do you think or what is something that kind of, made you become who you are like what is when did noah start to feel like oh shit okay the songs aren't too bad and i'm becoming my own person that's an incredible question that i've never been asked i'm that like blew my wig back like <laughs> i knew it was a wig i knew it <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh it's actually attached to the hat yep right. <laughs> uh man um, I guess I really started writing, writing when I was 16, 17, right? So I started and I was bad, really bad. Um, like the first song I ever wrote was baby, come on down back to me. Oh, baby, won't you come on down back to me? That was the chorus. Yeah, believe it or not, man, that shit, it's still, it, uh, it's it, in today, you it, know? It, it's in, but it's like, it's not, yeah. like, that's not a great song. That's not something that you'd be like, hey, so, even if somebody likes it, you're still like, why? 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 <laughs> you don't even, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you, yeah. you don't like Yeah, this. you okay, don't like this, I promise. Shut it's, up. It's a bad song. It's just a bad song. Yeah. Um, I'd say it took me, I think the first five years I lived here. Of like just getting shit on, getting told I wasn't good, getting told I was good, and finding because when people tell you you're good, I would ask them why they thought that, right? And I would say, oh, I like that part of it. I like that you like, okay, you like me, but you said that that line worked, or you said that the way I sang that worked, or you said that that melody was cool. Yeah. And I took stock of what made me feel the best, and what was just a compliment, like, oh, yeah, thank you. Of course. And then. I noticed, like, I took the things that really meant something to me and went, okay, I'm going to do these things in all of my songs. Or I'm going to try to achieve this. And then I think what really clicked for me was I finally set out to write songs for myself in the sense of, like, I feel this way and I have this, like, I want to hear these words or this concept of words, and there's not a song out there like it yet. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so, and if there is, it's not what I want to say. It's not how I want to say it. It's not how I hear it in my head. 
So let's write something that is that with the ideas of people that told me I was good, that make me feel good and stuff yeah. like that with those ideas attached to them. Yep. No, that's a great way to, to kind of like reflect and correct course, correct on that, man. That's a good, good, good idea. Right. And I think, you know, even now I look back on the first stuff that I put out and I'm like, I would love to re put those out <laughs> and do them how I do it now. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel that. When was your first song? That you released. Let's check. Because I can't remember off the top of my head anymore. Uh, gosh. Um, man. Let me see. Where do I... This is rough, I think. It's called Is It Raining Where You Are? Mm. And... Uh, I released it. Let's see. Sorry that like I'm going through all this to try to get You're to good, it. dude. No rush. Let's see here. Come on. 2017. 2017. That's insane to think about. Fuck God, man. that's forever ago. So you released that song 2017. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like when, when <clears throat> how many song, how many songs do you release after that until you're like, okay, this is who I am. Was so, that who you were when you released it, or what? What do you think? It was, it was, yeah, it was, but it was, it was like it was almost a prototype, yeah, of what was to come. Because I did that song right, then I did a about a year or two later, I did my first EP. It was called Off the Hitch, and it was. Like six songs or so. Oh, I, I heard your off the hitch one. Yeah. Uh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we did that, and that EP was was me. I, I basically did it as a proof of concept. And at the time, I was like, if you go back and look at it, I did one song of each style or type. Yeah, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, <clears throat> like off the hitch was just big, you know, Jason Aldean rocking style, you know, yep. rap tune like it had a rap verse in it and everything like it was that radio record i had one called at the end of the day super ballady super sad kind of power ballad song is it raining where you are was you know the single of what i thought i wanted to sound like you know what i mean um and then i had a song called want to love you that was the poppy kind of you know fun lovey song that yeah and I took those songs and I put them all together as a way of like when somebody came to my show or like if I met a producer or something, I could just hand them this and go, this is what I can do, right? But then I listened to those and I went, okay, in all of these, there are certain aspects that that you like that I like. Yeah, yeah. And I've kind of pulled all of them and went, that's my sound. And I let people tell me, like when we released Raining, everybody was like, dude, this sounds like a Jason Aldean song. And I'm like, great perfect that's what it's supposed to sound like yeah. like it's supposed to be in that lane and then i i draw i would draw inspiration of you know i would look at on pandora who am i getting paired up with jamie johnson and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that and of course yeah you know like they were jamie johnson and at the time is just all this different stuff and i look at all that and go and i listen to their music and I, why does my stuff sound like this and how do i want to make it different yeah no that's great that's great looking at the data and and 
getting that. That's solid. And then now, I, now I feel I feel like the last EP I put out. It's four songs. It's called Spring Breakdown. I feel like that's that's about as close to my sound as I really want to be. And even that's not where it's not where I want to be yet. But I think yeah. the, the songs that I'm gonna be putting out. Like we just put out "What Is Heaven Like" on Friday, which is awesome. That's such a bat, like that's such a big yeah. song for me. But that's how I wanted it to sound, which is a, an important thing. And yeah, and I think now I'm in a space where right now I feel like I finally have my sound. It took me so I guess eight years. It takes a while, man. I mean, they do call it a ten-year town, I guess. You know, they do, man. And I don't. I, I find it funny because I don't believe it. I never have. It's probably an average. You know, it's probably right. an average of, because uh, it can take longer to take shorter, but right. you know, life happens, and sometimes you forget to find who you are, and instead, Definitely. instead of, you're just trying to stay current in the business instead of like finding out who you are, so you do things that aren't you. So right. It's a maturing process, you know. You got to understand the first thing is you got to understand who you are as best you can. That's it, man. Um, where. So you released somebody, somebody. Oh yeah. How? What was that? What were the like? As your as your releases go on, do you? What What's your time like in Nashville? Like, did you? I, I you have a pub deal now. Mm-hmm. How long ago? Like, what was that process like getting it? Oh yeah. What, what other things have felt like stepping stones to you down here? So like when I first got here, I, I wanted to be the best performer mm. on Broadway. That was my big thing. Yeah. So and I kinda always have that competitiveness of like I just want to be known as the best performer possible. Yeah. Period. Like I don't even want it to be a question. Like yeah. when people go, Who's the best country music performer? No Garth. Like I just I want like because right now it's Garth. Like, right? What's the best live show you can see? Garth. I want to be that. So when I moved, it was, you know, I still play on Broadway now, but I I was just playing Broadway exclusively then. And um, so I wanted the 10 o'clock closing spot. I wanted everybody to open up for me and me blow the damn bar off, like the roof off the bar by the end of the night. That's what I wanted. And then when I started really, really writing and really putting out songs, it was, I wanted it to get me in the right rooms. Period. I didn't give a shit if it streamed a million times or not. I, I I was hoping it would, but it was more so I wanted something to show somebody this is what I do. And it just so happened that they did all right. Um, when you say did all right, do you mean your songs or what? Yeah, like okay. the song, the songs. Yeah, they, you know the songs did all right, and I was building a lot of fans, and I wasn't so I wasn't like, um, you know, I wasn't. I was moving in the right direction was always the point, right? Like I was moving to what you felt was to what, the right, right section, right, right the right section yeah. or transition, and that's all it comes down to. Whatever you feel like is the right next step, right? It's always doing the next right thing, the next right step. Yeah, and so it's sure. like, you know, for me, I was I looked at it as okay, I have the product to show people, but then now that I'm building this fan base, now let's build this fan base up so much that it's like, hey. This like basically like a Shark Tank pitch. Like, hey, these are my numbers. This is my product. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. What do you think about it? Um, then I realized that that wasn't really working because <laughs> it wasn't. And uh, I was like, cool. So 
what am I doing wrong? And I and I looked at what what are common factors in success because not every, it, there aren't there's no rule book, but there are common themes. Yeah. So much, and so yeah. I went with those themes and went, okay, how does Noah Garner do those things? Yeah. And then, you know, then I all I always wrote always because that's what I do. I'm a songwriter. You know what I mean? Like. And so I was always writing and I was writing for myself, just literally for myself, just to get, have my own outlet. Mm -hmm. And every now and then I get a song that I'm like, Oh, this is really good. We should record this. And then I finally had an idea of like, okay, we need to put out like a debut album, whether somebody believes in us or not. I just need to throw everything I got at it. And then we started doing a proof of concept on like a 12 song album. And we have a bunch of songs recorded and stuff, but, things just weren't clicking and we were putting out just stuff that we believed in and we were hoping for something to blow. And then, I mean, I, I sat on somebody, somebody for three years, three or four. And literally I was filming a video for something else. And I'm friends with a guy enough to know or uh, to ask, I was like, Hey, can we just do like an acoustic video? Like does a couple takes, and just go to the studio and like record because we wanted a, an acoustic version of Somebody Somebody because we were going to put out a radio version first. Um, and, and, but we wanted an acoustic one just to put out as well. Yeah. And uh, he filmed us recording the acoustic version. And all we did was put the acoustic version out first and put the video out with it at the same time. And then we took a highlight and put it on TikTok and it blew up. Oh, on TikTok. Awesome. Like, that's yeah. just what happened. And then my publisher was on TikTok, saw the video, liked it, messaged me. We went to breakfast, and then it took us like four months to negotiate and talk about a deal and what we wanted to do and all that. And then, uh, then he signed, like, we signed a contract. And now it's, you know, he, he puts me in the position to write with you know, people that have been in the industry forever and stuff like that. So the songs are just getting better and better. Insanely yeah. good. Like I, there's stuff <laughs> I get tracks and stuff back of songs that I, I do now that are demos. And I'm like, this is a demo. This could be, I could listen yeah. to this all day, yeah. every day. And it's me and it's insane. And I never listen to my music, but now that's all I, like, like it's not all I listen to, but I, <laughs> I found myself having a hard time. Not that's good, dude. Right. I mean, that's good. And you want your songs to be catchy. Right, and so that was that's literally what it's been, man. It's been those were the steps for me, you know. Did you did having a publisher help your numbers? Not necessarily. Yeah. Because like right now, I I've yet to put out a song under my uh, under my publisher yet. Oh so, shit! Yeah. So like like what is heaven like is is the first one, and I can say. It's helping that a lot. It changes everything. Now does, do you think somebody, somebody that go, uh, that's pretty much due to TikTok? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say that's where it, it got a lot of its legs. I mean, yeah. just on my channel alone, we had, and I can't remember what the number is now, but I knew we had 500,000 views on just that one post. And then, it got posted like people were using the sound and one of the videos had 19 million views and like a million likes. And it's like, then I started looking at the comments going, why, why this one? Yeah. And 
I understood it. So then I, I took that and I put it. I put that same formula into everything else. That's you what's know? up. I like to call them systems of success. Right. Like you put those systems in your life so you know, like, okay, this is who I am. It's on brand. Right. I'm going to do this. And bam, people are going to connect. And it's just a cycle. Right. And well, and that's the hope, right? And it's like, if they don't connect, then at least that, that that's just not my audience. It's somebody exactly. that doesn't yeah, want to yeah. be a part of this journey, which is okay. And I'm not, it doesn't bother me at all. Yep. You know? Dude, I completely agree. What is, what was something in town that you learned, uh, I mean, from town that you yeah. that, that you learned that kind of shaped, reshaped the way you thought and like kind of made a, another plaque, you know, another step yeah. up to the next level. Um, I learned that who you know is, is a real thing. It's a real, that's a real thing. And it's not, it's, but it's not how people think. Like when it's like, oh, it's all about who you know. They think that you have to know the head guys or something like that. Oh, I see. Do you yeah, see what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, yeah. like when it's like when you say it's all about who you know, people are like, "Oh, you must be friends with the president of Universal." And it's like, no, you can go out and hang out at a bar and hang out with a writer that writes for Universal, and yes. he he may be best friends with the guy, or at least he works there. Or he might know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. Like it's literally, yeah, you have to know somebody, but just it, it can be anyone. Like it doesn't. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to shoot and have the pressure of it's got to be there. That's something I learned. I learned that mm. um, my favorite thing to say is I learned that there's no rule book. Like that, dude, if you came to me tomorrow and you were like, I got successful off of putting my lyrics on toilet paper. I'd be like, cool. Like, yeah. That's insane. But how do I do that? You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I, I'm never shocked, I guess, is the point anymore of, of like if you tell me how you got your success i take it for what it is because it's like there's no rule book to it there's no going these are the steps and this is how you do it dude i like that all right you want to wrap her up or yes like, get, but i got one more question yeah by all okay. means. what is living the dream to you you want like do you want a philosophical answer or do you I, want like an actual I want day? it all. I want it all. I want what you think it is, yeah. what it actually is to you, yeah. like your application, whatever you Absolutely. think, whatever you want to talk about, tell me what living the dream is to you. Absolutely. I think I think living the dream is being happy, period. I think if you can find peace in the world in your own way, that that is living the dream, whatever that looks like, right? So like if for me, like in my daily life, living the dream is, I get to get up every day to a job that I love in a place that I don't hate, that around friends and family that care about me. And I get to do whatever makes me happy, whether that's go play a game like of hockey, uh, go play some video games, go take a hike, mountain bike. I get to do, I, have, I now have the capability to do whatever I want to do. And that gives me peace. Not financial peace, not like, you know, like I'm not so financially stable that I can go and pay whatever money for whatever I want. But it's like I've built up enough in this life now that like I know what makes me happy and what doesn't. And living the dream to me is being able to wake up and know that and feel that and, and go about my day. And if I had a perfect day, I would get up 
I'd go mountain biking in the morning. I'd have a cup of coffee when I came home. I'd go out and have a, a song right that day, play a show that night, play a hockey game afterwards, and go home. That's the dream. Yeah, dude. I love hockey that much, little, and that, I'm, I see the smile on your face. Little beer it. league special at the end. Exactly, dude. Cool, you man. can't tell me that a ten o'clock beer league game isn't the best send off of a day. It's cool, man. You know what I mean? It definitely like, is, dude. Like, cause you, it's late, but not super late, and it's an hour yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like beer leagues are, are usually like 12, 15 minute periods. Or, yeah. yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, you get out at like eleven, eleven thirty, yeah. and, and then. You hang out in the parking lot for a minute, drink a beer with your buddies, and what better way to send out your day than that? And then you go home and you get to your nightly routine, yep. you know, and then you're done, man. I mean, what a what for me, it's what a better day than that. So that's your perfect day. What what does that is that living the dream? Yeah, well, like no, being, being, no, no, that's like that's like a perfect day, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like living the dream for me is being just being able to being like able to, do to do that. Like for example, tomorrow I write. And then I have a hockey game at 10. But then the day after that, like, um, I, I can do whatever. Like, I don't work. I, I don't have a gig until 2 o'clock. So my morning's free. I can do anything. Yeah. So it's living the dream is is literally, for me, it's having the opportunity and, and, and asking. Right? And going, waking up going, how do I feel? Taking stock and going, all right, what do I want to do? That's living the dream. That's peace, right? It's happiness. No, Garner. <laughs> thank you for hanging today, man. Yeah, buddy, thank you. I appreciate getting to know you and and writing a song with you. I'm excited for it, man. Um, everybody can find you at Noah Garner Music. Yeah, Noah Garner Music. All socials, NoahGarnerMusic.com. If you uh, are in town or want to see where we're playing next, where are you next? Anything, anything big that you got coming planned out that you can say? Uh, yeah, we uh, we're playing in. Um, just outside Madison, Wisconsin, at the oh, Wharf shit. on Sunday. No way, the yeah. Wharf. Yeah, they have them. They're multiple places. Yeah, Wait, dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. and so we have we're playing one of the wharfs um, up there. It's actually just uh, it's Manitowoc. Now I'm thinking about it. So, Manitowoc. Yeah, like in the how to make murder or how to yes yeah, make, that, making that murder. same place. Yes, <laughs> yes, how to make a murder. Yes, that's so funny. So we're playing there on Sunday. Uh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, love that. Y'all come out for that if you're out there. Um, other than that, we, uh, that's the next big thing. I'm always in Nashville. I'm always on Broadway, usually a couple of days a week. Um, and that's always posted. So that's pretty much Dude, it. You're a busy man. And, and I can't wait to see what the next few months bring for you. Cause I know you just released what's heaven like. And yeah. I dude, you're crushing it. Thank you, brother. And I appreciate and it. And again, thanks for, we played around together and then you immediately like, here's a, I think I told you like, you know, uh, we talked, right? Yeah. And you're like, dude, let's write together and let's hang out, like, whatever. I'm like, dude, absolutely. So I text you. I'm like, let's get a date. Let's get a date. Yeah. And I was like, you know, some people just get busy. And I was like, probably forgot. It's no big deal. Right. And then when you at, you popped out of nowhere being like, you want to play the listening room? I'm like, yeah. fuck, what? Yeah, Yeah, dude. dude. Wait, so Literally what happens, man. Yeah. But I appreciate that. Yeah, and, uh, of course. It was fun, man. It's good, good feeling. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to write more and, and watch you grow, man. Garrett, I think cool. I think this is, it's a beginning to a, a beautiful friendship, man. Like, yeah, I and think, I, and yeah. I'll say that lightly. I say that in a way of like I genuinely believe in what you're doing. Thank you, man. I do for you as well. It's, I can it's feel cool. It. I feel yeah. that, dude. I'm gonna tell you right now. Do you know how many fucking hard nibbles 
are gonna are gonna <laughs> like happen when you released uh stuck stuck dude holy shit dude. i love that song i'll play yeah. i'll play the full version when we're done when we get oh off shit yeah. yeah i got a full version dude of it. i um yeah that's like that's gonna get all the hearty and more and like all all everybody who's said anybody is gonna be when they hear that come they're gonna be like Fuck, thank dude. you so much. Great that, story man. and a great riff in there. I mean, all your songs are killer. Thank you. It's just one of those. It's nice to hear. You're very good. Um, and I don't know if it's it's a uh, what's the word um, natural for you to hit to write kind of like the slower country. Now I don't want to say slower, but that's the songs that I felt somber. like somber. Yeah, that's the felt the songs that I felt like listening to your stuff. It feels like that. It's more natural, probably in the beginning or or whatever. And for you to hit this one with that like rock and beat, yeah. I'm like, dude, this is a total change up. It's awesome. That like I said, it took me eight years to find it. Yeah. Stuck is right where I want to be. Stuck is is the pinnacle of like that's sick, dude. It, it may it helped me find my sound and define it in such a way that I'm like, that's it. And when I sh- when I play the the full version, you'll understand yeah. what I'm talking about. I think a little bit more. I love that shit, man. Thank you for having me on, brother. I really do appreciate it. No, Garner. Thank you, man. Garrett Schultz, everybody. <laughs>